Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Scott and Liam vs Evil. I'm Liam and Scott doesn't know how to park in a Tesco car park. <laughs> I'm Scott and I'm getting name your funny facts to save it myself because I'm just not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the inability to park. I just, I, I just want to clear up that actually like, it's, I've got my own system for this car park because I'm there like, nearly every single day. And system is to drive around it three times past spaces. It was really busy. And, and I don't not trust some really. cars because they park too close to the space and they scratch my doors when they get in. Uh. <laughs> Episode 10, woo! Woohoo! It's like a milestone, isn't it? We're going to do a hillbilly episode today, and we're talking about hatchet and a wrong turn. Whatever happened to your moonshine? I'm still looking up decent recipes. Uh, the warnings that people have been going blind uh, have kind of put me off starting it, but I will make it. And you will drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I will go blind. <laughs> uh, starting with Hatchet from 2006, directed by Adam Green, starring Kane Hodder, Robert England, Tony Todd. Horror royalty. Yeah. Better yeah. like that to the new horror expendables. Yeah. At Death House. Although have you seen, I've seen kind of pics, like screenshots I don't, I, I, look, don't think. I know who's in I'm it, but sure, do I see anything? I'm not sure what the story is. It looks very sci fi rather than horror to me. But we'll wait and see, I don't know. Um but then to to say that uh, Robert England and Tony Todd are in this movie is a bit like saying Oh they're in it. <laughs> well like, they are in it, but they the both of like saying the truth. <laughs> the both of them they're in it for like five minutes each. Although watching the special features and having not seen Hatchet Two yet, I believe Tony Todd makes a bigger appearance in yeah. as his character, the voodoo guy in the second one. I've not seen Hatchet Three, but apparently if you watch them all back to back, it runs as if it's like yeah, like it just as if you're watching the one movie. But That's pretty good. I watched one and two completely separately, so I didn't get that. That could be worth doing. See, the first time I watched Hatchet, you know how the boat scene at the start, the intro, I'm pretty sure that I just switched the movie off then. Really? Yeah, when I first watched it. The song's it. brilliant. It's Marlon Manson. And not, I know, but like... The new shit. And then I think... The and then when shit. I was watching it again, because I watched it uh, this morning for this this podcast, and because uh, I, I was thinking, I haven't, I haven't seen Hatchet, because I've seen that scene, the, the beginning scene with Robert England in the fishing boat, and I'm thinking, nah, I switched this off, I wasn't for this. But then watching it again... This morning I realised I have actually seen it before, but you know, I just like refresh my memory. But um I was like when I first watched it, I was like, This is rubbish. I thought he's act- the acting was terrible and I thought the kills were you know, I was like as like, kills looks fucking brilliant. I was looking at it, I was thinking, This is complete rubbish, I can see where it's a dummy, but then see now, like a couple of years later, like appreciating the ridiculousness the pra- the pra- and the appreciating practical the practical effects, yeah. I was like, I don't know why I didn't like it the first time around, and I'm actually ashamed in myself to admit that I didn't like it the first time around because I was like, alright, I'm definitely fine. I don't it. think they use CGI at all no. during the, throughout the whole film. No. Maybe you take wires away, but that's it. I, I genuinely think Watching Again is brilliant, although I do question Robert England's acting at times. I mean, he's not but Freddy, it's like. You could then question it in every movie he's ever been in. I do. It's all the same. I do. Really? Yeah. No. But Cracking Guy, when I met him, he was the coolest Did you, did you tell me? Don't I say No, like his he acting. was wearing the Freddy glove and I was feeling him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he was putting the Freddy accent on, which was pretty, uh, was pretty um, good. The talking black guy from Not Another Teen Movies in it as well. As the talking black guy. As the talking black guy. <laughs> I watched the special features and apparently that part was like, everybody else auditioned for the part, but he was... Just cast as the talking black guy. Because that's, that's exactly the, the point he... It did have all the tropes though. It was all... It was setting up to be... To have... The black guy, the Asian guy, the the two porn star kind of bimbos. The old couple. The old <laughs> like, couple. The, the, How you good's that death scene though? 
Which one? Which one? The one, the old man. Anyway, do you describe what a hatchet is or? Uh, you can go. You get a printed out synopsis. I've just got. But I've not got a printed out synopsis at all. My my notes are just <laughs> me talking about the actors. <laughs> uh, well, what is Hatchet? Then? Hatchet's a hillbilly movie uh, set in the the woods, uh, the bayous of New Orleans. Is that right? Basically uh, done. Swampland. Made by a fan for fans. Yeah. It's just it gets so many nods to hundreds of different movies. Uh, and it starts off as a a swamp tour, a scary swamp tour, in, uh, into the you know the bayous and of New Orleans. Wrong. There's a deformed man. Or meant to be a ghost <laughs> in the swamp. Aye, uh, Victor Crawley, innit? Uh, a bit like Sloth from the Goonies, mm-hmm. whose dad apparently like, accidentally hit him with a hatchet. His dad was Kane Hodder, and he's played by Kane Hodder. Yeah, well, that's what he's, Kane Hodder said in the special features, and I said uh, I quite liked the idea that he would let him, have done that scene where he played the dad, because he said it was good to get my, His face my own scene, face. My, he said my own ugly face rather than my Jason from Friday 13th. Face. Uh, so that he comes out and starts killing them all, as you do. Pretty much, aye. In the goriest of ways. Brilliant ways. See, right, I'm just going to go in here. Here's my problems, right? He, he's like the kill scene you are talking about with the old man, he hatchets him up for ages. Like, he literally hacks at him to chop, like, a big V into his torso to get these arms off and then his head off and that, and then he just throws him away, right? See, later on in the movie, he's just pulling cuts arms off. Like, it's the one right after that, see the old man's wife, when he just peels her face and her tongue still that, moving about. That, that was quite, cool. That's quite good. Mm-hmm. Although you can clearly see where that changes. That you like when it spins around in a circle. And I mean, it's fair enough. I mean, he didn't actually rip the glasses. He bits, but <laughs> when, you, when it spins around, you can see where it changes from person to dummy. But it's it's good. I like it. It's good. Um, just some of the kills are brutal and good fun. Yeah. Like he, he does like to pull arms off right enough, uh, and he's like he twisted somebody's head off and all. Yeah, he? the Shapiro. That guy. It's been. Do you know how many? See the old man. That plays uh, on a tell lie. It's the old man Ella has got three hundred and forty nine IMDb credits. The boy that gets the first hatchet. Ah, you recognise his face. I couldn't, I couldn't play some. It's like Richard Riley or Richard Riley or something like that. I couldn't play some right off the bat, but I uh, definitely recognise his face. He's in Office Space and Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. Two movies I've never seen. And three hundred and forty seven dollars. You got to say three hundred forty seven <laughs> Dalmatians. I've seen that one. <laughs> uh, but I the head twisting is the Shapiro the porn. Director guy, the fake porn. Director. I thought that was good, because he just kept going. He just kept twisting it, and but then when the head came off, it was like a puff of air. It was John. It reminded me of. Have you ever been to Florida when you stand in the queues at the theme parks and it's like the mist? Yeah, the mist. Didn't cool you off. That's what it was like that came out. Uh, he's that came out. He's a uh, his neck hole. Um, <laughs> his neck hole. But you know how the only thing is like the characters were annoying, but not all of them were annoying. I don't know if you felt that. Like certainly the porn star girls were annoying, but I think that was the point they were meant to be annoying. One of them, Misty, was Mercedes McNabb, who's Harmony from Buffy, and also from Adam Sandler Values. So she was. Yeah, the wee girl. Oh shit! There you go. Fact bombed you right there. You fucking did. But she was annoying. She's annoying as fuck. Do you notice as well the Newbury Comics logo on the lead character Ben, who was in Dodgeball? He plays like the kind of geeky. No. I noticed the I noticed the t-shirt, but I didn't know it was. Oh, it's New, Newberry Comics because Adam Green grew up in Massachusetts, and that's where he bought all these movies and action figures and stuff. So, it was so well, that, that was a local for like an independent shop. Newberry Comics, I think they're quite a, a big, like a massive comic uh, retailer now. Right. Well, I only think that because I've heard of them. Whereas, if it's it can't just be based in Mass- it can't just be one small comic book shop. They do a lot of things online, like if you buy. 
like an album comes out, they'll sell like a hundred editions of it signed by the bands. Uh, so they must, they must be big online. Big enough to do that. Yeah. The one of the kills I talk about is the the Asian guy when he gets killed. Uh, would, I think he does he pull his leg off? No, he, he chops, he his, chops leg his leg off. His leg off. But yeah. then and he chops his head off. And I know that the like later on the blonde uh, porn star gets her head ripped off, but we don't see that. Uh, when he gets his head chopped off and it does freak me out because he's got the shovel at his neck and he, and he begs for his life and I don't know if it's the begging or if it's just the seeing his head come off it does it just probably gives me chills I, I kind of liked it when he died because he was a funny character he was there for like a lot of comic relief yeah like pretending to be a black man when he's clearly Asian like he kept his accent hey, they shouldn't be doing that <laughs> that, that was that was slightly that was a bit Lloyd Kaufman that <laughs> now, anybody can act however they want if you know if but it was it was an in joke in the yeah. movie. It's aye. not like yeah, no. I and obviously he revealed his accent. No, he was there. He put on a Chinese accent. When he gets angry, he becomes he, angry Chinese man, as aye. opposed to the deep southern guy he actually is. Bayou tourist. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got annoyed with him after a while. So when he died, I was kind of happy. Hey, see, yeah, glad all of them died. There's a couple. There's a couple. There is a couple of scenes, right? You know how like the first time she shoots him and drops him to the ground to run away. That's fair enough. Then when he comes back and they realise that he's unkillable, and they, they drop him a couple of times, and they just they they, they run away and leave him. But they there's a, there's at the end, and they're like same uh, when they try and kill him, and they cover him in gasoline and they set him on fire, and then he falls to the ground, and uh, the rain comes on straight away, which is uh, uh, okay. I I've seen fire it's the bayou in New Orleans, so right. it's okay. So it puts the fire out and they go oh no, and then the girl goes ah oh this is bought us this time we need to go. I think no, it's bought you time to start putting that fork you had a minute ago <laughs> and start jabbing it through his face. Surely at that point though you would think he, he was dead. But no, no, because they don't because the fire goes out straight away. They know he's not dead and they know he's got to get back up and that's why they say it's bought us time. They should have went back in and then just all started you know going Glasgow on them jumping his head in that. You know, it was the last movie filmed in New Orleans before Hurricane Katrina. Oh, really? Yep. And the Chinese guy was in the first film filmed in New Orleans and the last before her. The some, last film before the. There's some the trivia thing. He was in after. Thief, which is the, the first one. I can't imagine that was the first movie ever filmed in New Orleans. No, the, so was it the first film after the tragedy then? That would make that way sense. more sense. Than it was in the last thinking. film before it and the first film after Chinese it. guy's actually 400 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Wise old Asian man. <laughs> so they should have, they should just come in and kill them but then they run about in the uh, cemetery and oh, the gates are all locked and whatever else and then he comes and he, he comes back again because he always comes back and then he grabs uh, Token Black Guy and just kind of bear hugs him and crushes mm-hmm. him and he's like, and that's quite sad as well because he, cause the probably his only serious moment in the whole movie tells his pals to run and get away. Yeah. Like he's, he's, saying that oh, that's him done but uh, and then he gets his uh, his arms ripped off and then I can't remember if he's is that a noble thing though or what would you do if you were getting bear hugged by a guy would you still be like oh no wait I might Aye. still make it help me watch me get killed <laughs> see what happens <laughs> you bastards why are you running I don't know what I'd do I'll haunt you I genuinely don't know what I'd do I always think that uh, and, and it's probably it's the case for most people but in my head and my you know like visions of how stuff like that would go if I ever do it I'd be the hero and I'd survive and I'd win but in real life I'd probably be dead before the movie even started in my visions I'm usually the guy chasing them <laughs> 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 I'm usually I'm usually the deformed guy with the axe 
there's something that happens like th- pretty much throughout the whole movie that kind of annoyed me. You know, he's like they find like the bag or they find it is it Shapiro's bag, and uh, he goes, "Hey, have you got a lighter?" And she goes, "Yeah." And she brings it this wee flip like uh, Zippo lighter and puts it on, which offers no light whatsoever to where they are. And he goes in and finds a flashlight. Is what he's looking for, which then goes on to offer no light more light than what they've actually got and it becomes a big part of the whole thing like we better hurry up the batteries are going to die and what what, what is this flashlight that's, what service is it that's also the bit where and the, the thing moves in the bush and they're like we'll go and check it and the black guy goes why me and they're like oh because you get a flashlight, flashlight. That he's was alright oh, yeah. because that's been alright. Send the brother in. That that's what I mean. He is just a token black guy. He, I think he's quite good though. I quite liked his character. I quite like. I think he's believable. And I also believed uh, the main guy. I believed the Adam guy as well. I thought he was believable actor. The uh, porn girls were meant to be annoying. I get that, but the see when uh, they find the bag, and they go, oh, "Do you know what this means?" It's like, "Oh yeah, it means Shapiro's still around here." It's like, "Yeah, of course that's what it fucking." <laughs> and I think they both played it quite well. Like the two kind of porn girls, ones that did say idiot and one mm-hmm. just has probably had a hard life and ended up that way I thought they too played that quite well I suppose I think they're supposed to come across as annoying the other girl was alright she was, she was good at times but other times I didn't find her, her acting believable but then and I don't know I don't know how budget we can you take for it for, for a, a kind of budget movie they could probably cast better people Eliza Dushka who's in obviously the wrong term we're going to talk about would probably be perfect in that role. But then it potentially could have been, I mean, how they made this movie, like you say, it was a fan-made movie, for like four fans, obviously, it was It was. I don't think budget. it was his first movie, but it it could have been. It was Watching basically... It, was like, it looks as if it was uh, the, the generated hype on, online with like a, tra- like a proof of concept trailer, yeah. and uh, apparently Fangoria magazine got in touch, and the boy, one of the journalists for Fangoria got, phoned, like, got in touch with it, looked through his website, got in touch with him and said, look, I'm interested in this trailer, tell me more about it and then they generated buzz for that and then people got on board and producers and investors and stuff and, it, uh, and uh, uh, they got on board with it that way he's um, actually got a wee cameo and see at the start the group of guys see when Ben goes to leave uh-huh. and then Marcus follows him the uh-huh. RC guys there one of them's the director the guy that looks dodgy that like he can't act oh yeah the, the director, director. There. Okay, I thought you meant the boy from Fangoria magazine oh, no. yeah. plus in the graveyard scene you're talking about mm-hmm. there's three graves and two of them have got the producer's names I was looking because I was going to see Adam if I could Green. see the names on it I was going to see because it's actually usually wee things they do isn't it uh, I didn't notice that though I did read that off IMDB because uh, in the special features when he said that he said he was talking about when they went to do the, the meeting with Kane Hodder he's like can I take all my Jasons and my Friday 13 stuff to get signed and they're like no no you can't you can't have uh, fanboy out in this and uh, so then, but then uh, Kane Hodder was saying he said when they were on set and stuff they talked about all he'd like said oh, the boy so they talked about him being a fan and and uh, all the stuff was interesting and then it shows you him on the phone a uh, Robert England which the wee clip doesn't he doesn't say anything when he comes off the phone that would explain exactly what's happening but I'm guessing it's when he's phoned him up and it's Robert England saying yeah I'll do it like I'm yeah. and I'll come and I'll do the intro scene for this movie. Uh, which would be pretty cool because they, they you are you would probably, have a wee hard on if Robert England and Kane Hodder were going to be in your movie aye and then you, Tony Todd and all and Tony Todd yeah I keep forgetting he's in it yeah should it retell the Tony Todd story when <laughs> when Just he tried to choke you I to tell the Tony Todd story every time that we get the chance when we met him at uh, LSCC <laughs> and uh, everybody was there like a signed by Candyman and I picked up a, a, a wee um, screenshot from uh, Night of the Living Dead the Tom Savini remake and uh, he's like, oh, cool, you know, it's a, a zombie fanny. And he's like, put his hands on my neck and done his zombie impression. And it was the coolest 10 seconds of my life. And nobody took a photo <laughs> of nobody me took a photo nobody had the so camera. Self-indulgent in themselves. Nobody was paying attention. Uh, change the record. 
We just keep talking about Tony Todd though because he always retweets everything he sends him, so <laughs> he's lost it. The other thing I quite liked in it was like the scene where it's Kane Hodder and he puts the hatchet in the boy's face accidentally and see the scene at the end when they're in the little rowing boat she ends up falling out of the water they're just very much Friday the 13th well that's Obviously. exactly right because you're watching you're thinking I just I, Friday the 13th that right it's just it's so and obviously I fucking I, but I like the bit like I'm watching it and like uh, and then obviously his hand comes under the water to try and get it and I'm like why is he why is he not reaching for her why is his hand just being so shite like that and then obviously you come out and realise that uh, the, the hatchet is ripped off this, another boy's arms just pulls off some arms and he's using it as like a dummy hand to try and get out of the water to then and then it's it's quite good how it ends like because it doesn't end on like a, a finite the people who you're watching are still alive we don't yeah. see how they end it's as if it's actually cut as if your DVD's broken it's cut to it that's what I thought as well I sort of generally I thought aye and then the credits come up which is good because usually even if you get a sequel it's like the story you're watching's finished because then the sequel is just completely new with yeah. the same kind of crazy supernatural serial killer. But in this one, I'd not watch Hatchet Two, and if you say the run can almost it's meant to just be it's like over three days or over then, four. It's a few days. Then, anyway. um, certainly, it ends with an unfinished scene because you still, you know, the people are still alive on the boat. See, towards the end, just before they get to the boat and they're running away. Like I think there's a time for him. So it's after uh, Marcus has been squashed to death and he's told them to run, mm-hmm. and they're running away, and uh, he does an actual genuine sick he's, he's genuinely sick which is always you can always tell Steve is trying to do fake sick when they've got a wee mouthful of lentil soup and they just go <laughs> and you're like that's just no how somebody's sick and then if you somebody watch somebody who's actually sick and it's like <laughs> you're like that's you know I believe that's it like, so <laughs> anyway after that and then they're running they get to the boat and then her shirt's start coming off and then when I was watching it with Lauren she's like oh I, she's surviving she's got a vest on and then she gets to the boat and she takes her shirt off and she's not wearing a vest and then literally like two seconds later boom Friday the 13th yeah. under the water I've never seen this written anywhere before, but Lauren did come up with this before I did, but, uh, well, not before I did, but she did come up with this and I agreed with her that the heroine and, or the girl who survives in those slasher movies is always wearing a white vest. And then look to what's, uh, who's, what's Alicia Disco wearing? I don't even know how to say her name. Alicia. Eliza Disco. What's she wearing in wrong turn? She is wearing a white vest. And who survives? Eliza Disco. Boom. Look at any <laughs> slasher movie like that of this ilk and you'll see that girls are always wearing a white vest. If a girl's wearing a white vest, she will survive. It's because the best wet t-shirt competitions and stuff are white vests. It might be sexist, but it's that is the theme that certainly runs through these That's movies. True. The girl wearing a white vest will survive. We watched uh, House of Wax and uh, Alicia Cuthbert's running about and she's not got one on and you're thinking, how's this going to happen? And then uh, Chad Michael Murray goes, takes his vest off and goes, here, wear this. <laughs> and you're like, ah, I see it. Bit. True. It's totally true, and I've never seen it written anywhere. Nobody's. Ever, I've never seen like a reviewer or anyone that's written it. But look at it. You may have just come on the corner somewhere. You had it here first. So what? Do, what would you give a hatchet before we go into the wrong turn? Um, I'm giving it seven deformed hillbillies out of ten. Right. Because it is. Good. I did enjoy it, but um, I don't know. I thought it was a fun, enjoyable slasher movie, but it's not. It wasn't groundbreaking. Um, I'd maybe watch it again, but I wouldn't be in a rush to. Given eight for practical effects, mm. five for story. Uh, it's old game, didn't it? Six and a half, yeah, seven, just because it's an enjoyable movie. I've got it in DVD, I've got Hatchet 2, but I've not bored with Hatchet 3 yet. But Whereas no, I think if, I'd really, if I really liked the first Hatchet, like beyond the seven, I'd probably have made a point. Of going. I probably will watch it now. Aye, no, aye, aye. yeah, go. So... Yeah, so now wrong turn right. from 2003. Uh, uh, I didn't have time to watch this movie again. I have seen it I've seen it more times than Hatchet, and that's why I watched Hatchet uh, for this uh, podcast. But I didn't get a chance to properly sit down and watch uh, Wrong Turn and make notes. 
but it is on in the background. Uh, I'll try not to get distracted and I'll just yep. riff off yours. Eliza Dusku, mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing, is wearing a white vest, as you've said. Yeah. It's got the double-headed eagle emblem from Albania. It's Albanian symbol because her dad's Albanian. Is she Albanian? Yeah. Which, yeah well, she's part, her mum's American, her dad's Albanian. I don't know how I feel about her now. So, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so, that's... I like it even better, I mean. <laughs> that's her talk all the way through, just a wee kind of... What she said in the commentary was for my Albanian peeps. Ah. So that was quite good. Uh, so, because you've not got any... We've not got any listeners on Albania, do we? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Lat- Latvia. <laughs> Get some Latvians listening. Shout out to your Latvian peeps. Yeah. If you're, if you're a Latvian <laughs> peeps, good on you. Apparently Rob Schmidt, it was directed by Rob Schmidt, Wrong Turn is about teens, young, young people get lost in the kind of Appalachian Mountains. They uh, take a wrong turn. They, yeah. take a, they take a wrong turn. And the three hillbillies find them and start doing away with them. It is the Rob Schmidt wanted to make like a seventies style horror film, see with the kind of slow drift in zooms, and like the old school soundtrack. See like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Deliverance or yeah. Halloween. He wanted to do that, so that's where you'll notice a lot of the shots are really slow moving, and there's not like quick cuts. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted the characters to be real, so like a lot of your teen horrors where it's like there's little genre nods, there's little winks at the audience. We go, oh my god, that's from Halloween, or that's from this. He wanted this to be a standalone, serious movie. The characters are, they feel real, and which I thought was quite interesting, and it is quite well done. Although rewatching it, there are some bits that are kind of dated now. Yeah, what year did they say come out? Yeah, two thousand three. Yeah. Um, Doesn't feel that long ago, but I don't know if I'm all on board with the whole slow zooms. You know what you're talking about, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but I'm aware of them. See, when you watch these old movies and they do zoom in, and you can see the guys like literally holding the camera and it's moving as it zooms in, trying to stay in focus to what they're looking at. And but I mean, I guess if you're using those techniques, I think it's interesting to see like a filmmaker who's like actively saying this is the reason why I done yeah. these shots because I think it's I think it gives an extra. But see, to the film. it's like like that. It's like slow drifting yeah. across. What you see, it's just it's it's different to usual teen horrors. Yeah, but. It was in 2003, so now it doesn't seem so different. It seems like just running the mill. Because more have done it, like, the same kind of thing. Or but at so the made, time, made it was yeah. it was clever. And the the three hillbillies, the kind of deformed hillbillies, are quite impressive, in it? I think, mate, in the first one they, they were. Uh, and then I wasn't too sure of them because it came about... I mean, I think I watched Wrong Turn 3 recently. I was on like, the horror channel and I, I, I watched the first half of it. We didn't watch the whole thing. And... Uh, it was just the hillbillies were way over the top and not realistic but I believe in this original they weren't as bad they, they're almost could have been real humans um, just with some deformities but uh, it was tense this movie from I what think, I remember I think is it not like now six wrong turns oh, I don't surely know. if you do six wrong turns you get back to the start <laughs> so it's just three one wrong turn <laughs> I, that, no that assumes they're always taking a left they could be they could be wrong turning all over the place and eventually you'd end up going back they're all in the same place. They're on the mountains. Yeah, you know, you've been lost I, in the mountains before. People can get lost. Henry Rollins was in Wrong Turn Two, wasn't he? I think that was no, he was in Wrong Turn Three. Was it? Yeah, I'm positive. I he's think in, I've got that on DVD. But I'm, I'm sure I've positive got Henry Rollins, and he's I can't remember what he, what he plays, but he certainly I'm sure he was in that one that I've just watched. Anyway, we should tweet this to Henry Rollins because I like him and I hope he retweets us. Well, why don't we just say uh, that movie He Never Died is on Netflix, so you should all watch that because Henry Rollins, Henry Rollins is in it, and we can yeah. do him now. Yeah. 
That's Talking sort of shit they've done, I don't know. Well, apparently he's really cool. He's, he does spoken word concerts. Like, you can you can pay just to go and hear him talk about shit. I've digressed so much, but I love Black Flag, so... I, am. Um, so, yeah, Henry Rollins, if you've actually listened, this is your shout-out. Retweet us. Cool. <laughs> uh, back to Wrong Turn. See, at one point, near the start, Chris, uh, the main guy played by Desmond Harrington, has got a Nokia 8390, and it was one of the first mobiles I had in, like, the kind of first year second year and I fucking loved it it's got a wee tiny Nokia and it lights up like the numbers at the side there's a blue bar that runs up it and it was one of my favourite phones of all time that, I'd actually yeah. have it now if it did things all in snake and text <laughs> um, was this guy in anything else? Desmond Harrington yeah because yeah, he looks been, as if he should be he's got a face like he's been in a lot of stuff yeah. I don't know what it is <laughs> but I listened to the commentary with him he's a very dry like really dry sense of humour. Yeah. It was funny. Anytime like one of the the hillbillies would walk up to the car and you just see the boots and he's like, Oh that was Eliza. She just wore those big dirty <laughs> boots. And she seemed quite kinda like in love with him. She seemed really doted on him. What's she done since really now? She did Eliza, of, she, she was in Angel. Uh, she was Faith in Buffy, which yeah. links to uh, Hatchet. She was in is it true lies? No, true Ro- True, there's some program. It's True Colin. Right. Is it True Colin? She was in that. That dollhouse thing. I think she was in that. Oh yeah. This could all be so wrong. She, so she's done. She's, she's done, done. She's done a lot. Every persistent. every single thing she's in, she plays like, quite a strong lead female role. Mm-hmm. She's not the damsel in distress. She's doing she's it for the sisters. A, yeah, she's quite a good role model for women. She always seems like she could kick your ass. Well, I think she could kick your ass now. What's the name of the guy who wears the yellow shirt in this movie? Because he is famous. Jeremy Sistel. He was in The Other Side of the Door. Other Side of the Door. That's what he was in. And he was also in uh, the movie 13. And he held a chicken. I think I've told this story before. You've told that story before. It's cool as fuck, man. Scott has three stories. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Three stories in three parking spaces in Tesco. (laughs) He's actually allowed to park in. He was also in Six Feet Under. But he is very young in this. He is very young in this. I say very young. Well, yeah. Probably just younger about younger than, than you, right? <laughs> so what, like 34? <laughs> Liam <Boy>. has two insults. <laughs> uh, do you know the cabin was built in the middle of a like a, park, a national park in Toronto? Really? Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So they built like the full practical cabin then? Like, yeah. Right. And they said it was absolutely stinking. They don't oh, know why right. they didn't want it to be stinking, but obviously because they had roughed it up and made it look old... There was certain stuff they'd put in it that just started smelling like raw, dirty old meat. Ugh. And they said it was absolutely reeking. Would you not, um, just like if they made, if they built a few or like in this movie, I always wanted to know what it'd be like if you were in a, a horror movie. Um, would it be scary? Could you get yourself into like proper character or would you be aware of like the cameras and all the crew standing behind you? If it was a full set. Or if I was an actor? If you were, aye, if you were an actor. Eh. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like uh, if you're walking through a haunt it was like a, an old cab I mean I know they don't have the crew the same way they would have uh, but if you're, you're not aware that the people are actors you get sucked into the whole thing and you know proper shite yourself I think like if you're if you're running away from something I think you could always hark back to a time you were scared yeah I think I could do it I could do it quite well I could do it I think I could be fucking brilliant I think I'd be nominated for an Oscar I think I, I know I'd, I truly <laughs> believe that I'd be a brilliant actor I just don't have to eh uh, Talking about the kill scenes, because rewatching it, to us, I probably haven't watched it since. I, I, apart from watching it for this, I've probably mm. not seen it since I got it. 
in like 2004, uh, see Carly's death scene, which is kind of up the tree, and he hits her with the axe, and it takes her uh, head, mouth, yeah. and then it zoom, it comes from on top the camera, and it just shows her body falling away yeah. through the tree and the axe. That's freaking. That was fucking brilliant. It's kind of it's kind of similar to the idea from uh, Thirteen Ghosts, when Matthew Lillard gets killed, and he gets killed with the door right yeah, in straight through, and him. he splits him in half. And it's kind of the same as that when you just see the body fall slowly. I like that. They're done well. Uh, the arrow through when the the cop turns up, mm-hmm. and they think, oh, I feel like there's someone here to save us. And the cop's in it for about eight seconds and gets a, an arrow shot through his eye. I mm-hmm. think that was a good scene. I think it might have been digital, but it looked practical. And it is looks... that similar to then the... the well, you went, what, what, and I'm actually this in every single podcast. <laughs> you've, you're not up to date with The Walking Dead, are you? The, uh, Nobody cares about The Walking Dead. And that happens. Uh, Dr. Denise gets an arrow right in the back of your head and it just, she's talking. It just goes through her eye. Did I tell you, Leon's dad was talking to me the other night and said, I can't believe Scott tried to compare the original Dawn of the Dead to The Walking Dead. No, and see, I, I correct you, that's not what I'd done. All I said was that what the Robert Kirkman has done created his Walking Dead universe is taken his the favourite bits, which is the fan favourite parts of Romero's world that he created and, and, and expanded them. You just need to accept that it's a boring TV it's show. It's the most watched TV show on TV. Yeah, by all the boring fucks like you. Just, you're just not getting it. I know for a friend, uh, I know for a fact our friend Bobby, Black Metal Bobby, he fucking hates it as well. Do you know, because I, yeah, sometimes I wonder why I'm even pals with you. Do you know what? I'm going to start a new podcast. I'm auditioning for a new co-host, uh, Scott and somebody else versus The Walking Dead. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> Scott and somebody else fall asleep during The Walking Dead, the same as everyone else in America watching it. Or worldwide. Do you know what? That's why they've made Fear of the Walking Dead, to try and make it a bit more exciting. They've went, right, this is now stale. Well, Let's... they have failed mis- miserably yeah. then, because Fear of the Walking Shit. Dead is not exciting. Yet, yeah, I am going to give it a good go. It's so boring. Check out our written reviews of uh, the first episode of Fear of the Walking Dead Season 2 on our WordPress. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, back to wrong turn. Uh, the, what I did notice, but again, this is watching it fucking year, oh, 13 years later, the CGI for the Watchtower, see when they're climbing up, is it's it so bad, it's oh. so dated. Uh, the Watchtower looks, it's so high, it's like fucking 200 feet high, and then they're climbing it, and they're obviously in front of a big green screen. But then have you ever been in the, the woods and wherever this is meant to be? Because yeah, the trees are pretty high, I think. Yeah. To be honest, probably in, I'm sure it's the Appalachian Mountains, the Watchtowers are actually quite high. So I could be wrong about that, maybe that is the height of Watchtower, but the Watchtower's definitely not there, it's CGI. Yeah. Uh, but the practical effects are good. Aye. Uh, but then, the, then they kind of start climbing around at the top of the trees as if they're kind of monkeys or something, don't they? But the hillbillies are still able to like swing up and run across and still shoot them with arrows and throw big yeah, heavy axes and stuff. I know, but it's just like I'm not sure how believable it is. It's hard. We're watching it back now when there's been other things like the House of Eyes and loads of other redneck. The Hills of Eyes, man. We should have done that for our hillbilly episode. Yeah, I nearly walked out the cinema for the remake of that. The original born as fuck, but the, the remake. I nearly walked out the cinema because it just seemed. It was it was really really believable. It was the scene where the the two guys come into the uh, the caravan, like when they've set the, the dad on fire, and yeah, to, to distract the rest of them, and they could they come into the caravan. That's just uh, is the hell was very well done. The remake was very well done. And I don't usually get like affected by movies in that way. And it's the way that some I try and explain how I don't get affected. People look when I describe ridiculously shocking movies and whatever else. They, I feel as if some people judge me as if what's wrong with you, but. I don't get emotionally affected, but that movie certainly made me feel really weird inside. 
Twitter, we, we, we should have done it. But now there's been movies like that, it makes Wrong Turn seem a bit. But you think, but remember, uh, Hills of Eyes was a remake, you know, and it was that was an old one. I uh, bet there's but been all, there's been all kind of teen horrors that are on hillbillies or deformed people, and it's a bit of a kind of overflood or a flooded market now. Yeah. So Wrong Turn seems like again I say just running the mill, but in two thousand three. It wasn't. It was clever, and that's why it's now spawned five R movies. It's, it's spawned a very what could be a good series. I've not uh, watched. I've not after watched three. them all. I think I don't think three was good. Two might be all right. I, I'd give them a go. Maybe we'll review one or two of them, like as their own right. Maybe uh, at some point along this uh, along the line. Um, but you know, I did enjoy it. I did think Rogue Turn was good. Like I've watched it. I did, I've watched it a bunch uh, of times. The Watchtower. I have watched it a bunch of times, and um, I'll probably watch it again. Like yeah. after this as well. And the people that play Evan, uh, Kevin Zegers, Zegers and Francine, Wendy Booth, were were both in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, I'll still say that Kevin Zegers is probably the best thing about the Walking Dead remake. He's so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, what would you give Zegers in his sexy movie Wrong Turn? I'll give it. If I gave if I gave uh, Hatchet a seven, I'll give Wrong Turn an eight. Eight. You preferred this to Hatchet? Yeah. Eight ridiculously high watchtowers to uh, out of ten. Nah, uh, mm, give it a six. Do you prefer this? Probably at the time. No, no, you prefer, prefer Hatchet. Prefer Hatchet. Yeah. Hatchet was an obvious kind of jokey fan horror, mm-hmm. uh, and I really liked the effects in it. This was a serious one. Obviously, it didn't scare me at all. It was clever. Watching back, it's good, but it's kind of uh, there are dated parts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a six. Yeah, conspiracy corner now. Oh, you told me you've got a good one, didn't you? Something I've not even heard. This has got to be a genuine reaction. We need to. Well, let's enter the conspiracy corner. Okay. Welcome to the conspiracy corner. And if you listened to last week's episode uh, with special guest star Kieran Fisher, you might have heard me mention that this week we'll talk about uh, a YouTube video called Possibly Michigan. Um, and it is weird, as to say the least. It smells like mother's crazy sister Kate. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I do. It smells so good. She couldn't have been that crazy. I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so, huh? No. Well, she put her poodle one time in a microwave oven to eat it. Yeah. To eat it? Oh, no. No, 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 silly. To dry it. No, no, no. But it exploded. I thought you were just going to play the Port of Michigan song. So was I, and then I forgot the. There was a recording, because what the fuck was that? That's the creepy video. Oh, fuck that. I don't have a fucking clue what this video's supposed to be. I found that somebody on Facebook shared it one time and I watched it and I was like, what the hell is this? And it took me forever to find it again. I couldn't remember what it was called. I thought we'd identified it as like an art house. Well, project. yeah, now we know that it's, it's nothing really creepy. It's just a really rubbish, a really weird kind of art house play project thing. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be these two girls in a in a shopping mall that's getting followed by a cannibal, um, but it's just a weird. I don't understand what it's supposed to be, but it, you can find it on YouTube. You just search possibly in Michigan, and it's about I don't know about four or five minutes long, 
Uh, but you'll find yourself singing the song yeah. <laughs> over and over there's again. There's no, uh, there's no more, there's no kind of creepy backstory. Uh, but you've told me you've got something juicy. I have. Last week we were talking about the story about the girl down the well. I'm going to save that for next week mm-hmm. because I found something else, and then I forgot about the girl in the well, and I done some research on this, and I only remembered about the girl in the well when we came here. So <laughs> we're going to pretend it's plans, but we're putting it off to next week. This thing, Scott, have you heard about the Manen Festival in Manen. Indonesia? I have not, no. For every three years, for the past century, maybe more, islanders on the Indonesian island of Sulawesi pay their respects to deceased relatives by digging them up. Oh, I have heard about this, yeah! Cle- cleaning their corpses and dressing them in their favourite clothes. Aye. Have you seen and, the uh, Yeah, and, the fo- and then they walk them to the party and all that and sit them down, aye. The Torahan people, they're an ethnic group which are indigenous to the mountainous region of Tana Toraka. All of that could be pronounced wrong. I was going to say, you're pronouncing these really well, I'm impressed. I've done my research. Yeah. I've actually <laughs> practiced I've done it. Uh, it began in the village of Barupu more than a century ago, and it's basically they dig up in their culture, it's really like people stay up their whole lives for an expensive funeral. Right. They they'll put themselves in debt, like the funeral's the biggest event Because they believe life. like the afterlife is coming, so they, they need believe to have the like, biggest send-off. Yeah, the, the richer their funeral, the, the better, better their connection is between life and death, the better their, their afterlife's going to be. It's quite sad, isn't it? It is, especially when you see them parading. It's quite <laughs> sad when they, when, when they do die, spend their, spend their whole life ready for the funeral, then they die and then nothing happens and they're like... Well, they don't get to say that my life was... Was pointless, but uh, but maybe in their it. maybe in their culture they do, because they're not actually they don't ever call them the dead, they call them the sleeping people or the unwell. It's, just, it's strange, it's, isn't it? It's weird. The the coffins are replaced or fixed while relatives parade them around the village, following a path of straight lines as they believe that paths connect them with Hyang, which is a spirit a spiritual entity with supernatural power that only moves in straight lines. If I've got a supernatural power. I'm going to walk in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be all over the place, man. I'm going to be in zigzags. <laughs> I'm, going just going, I'm going to just go straight ahead or straight backwards. I'm going to... So maybe that's where it's it flawed. Ah. Explored further. Uh, so, yeah, the funeral ritual is one of the most important and expensive events. Uh, the funeral can last several days and it begins with a slaughter of buffaloes and pigs to ensure that there's a peaceful afterlife because of sacrifice. Because they've killed pigs, of course. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, to the, the gods. The horns and animals are placed outside the family home and the more horns that adorn the home is the higher the status of the deceased. So, you so if your home's then. really horny, then yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, a, <laughs> you're, a, you're, a, you're a rich man. Yeah, you know, the afterlife. Uh, the body is then placed in a large stone cave on the top of a cliff until the ceremony is uh, completed which is where it then begins the journey to the land of souls. And the photos are so fucking weird. Oh, I know. If you yeah. type it into Google, it's Manen, M-A apostrophe N-E-N-E, and it's translated as the ceremony of clearing corpses. We'll consider posting some of the pictures on... I probably uh, wouldn't, because it's no, weird. No, it's because they are pretty possibly offensive and disturbing. Like, feel like Hawaiian shirts. We might mm. post a, a link then to a page where you can or write. We'll type it out. That's what we'll do. On, on our Twitter and we'll type out what this is so to be honest like the Guardian and stuff posted them so we probably could Aye. 
proper dead bodies. That's what it is. It's pretty interesting. They do that in South America as well, like uh, Puerto Rico. Did you see the one recently, the 23-year-old gang member who was uh, shot? And, uh, oh, and they just kept him up in a chair. Yeah, and that's yeah. What they, they, they set you up in your, uh, your funeral, but this guy was the first one that these people had done who had opened his eyes. And he's just sitting there with his legs crossed and a joint in his hand at his funeral and he's tracky, staring at him. Jake, there's a legality to do it here. Yeah, like I if I went so. to the co-op and said, "By the way, when I die, I want to be sad." Well, no, see, I don't know because, um, like, certainly, like Catholic funerals, like the it's, it's customary to have for a lot of families to have the, the body in the house on, on the night in a coffin uh, in the living room. But I mean, I don't see why the difference is if they're in a coffin or if they're sitting on the couch. But when they're in a the coffin, they're done up to they're, they're kind of done up. Yeah, do you know what? I can't even explain it. But when they're sitting on the I've been in an open casket before, and I was too. It was obviously someone close to me, and I was too. I was too scared to look at. It's weird. Uh, d- d- dead bodies are weird, man. I've been to a couple of autopsies, and it's. Uh, it's they're weird. You should clarify why you've been to autopsies. Because I'm weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I in. find it sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Snuck in one night. <laughs> uh, but I thought I seen the photos, and I thought that's it's cool, but it's so fucking creepy. They just walk around the street with these guys. Right, for so days. what do they do? They put them on like wheelchairs or take gunnies or do they, they bounce them they like uh, action figures? There's, there's a photo. <laughs> there's a photo. There's three guy, uh, like three guys and women, and they've each got like their three pals and their favourite clothes. And honestly, one looks like uh, Charlie Sheen from Two and a Half Men. He's got a bone <laughs> shirt on, shorts, and you can still see that the guy. You can still kind of see the guy's face, but. Is it so? Do they do this one year after this? Every three years. Every three years for how long? Forever. What was when they're it's a skeleton? Be, I take it it's until somebody else dies. Oh, maybe not. Or is it until they literally dig them up and then they fall apart in their hands and say, "Up, oh, can I, can I Mo- dress you up?" Most again? Indonesia are Christian or Muslim. It's only a small minority that are bonkers. Are the Aluk Tudolo, which is the way of the ancestors that follow this thing. So I don't know how many that is, but. It's still fucking weird, man. So enough to make it in the Guardian. <laughs> I know. It might not have been the, gar- the Guardian. Yeah. It might have been the Daily Mail. Yeah. There are other newspapers available. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just pissing up a tree pretending that I read broadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand broadsheets, man. Too- I can't it was a sport on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not even true. No, definitely is true. And it's oh, that, I, I, I definitely so, true. Yeah, you can Google it, certainly. You should, um, you should check it, it out. If you want. I'm going to try introduce it into the UK society. Just like walk your granny but yeah. I don't know if your grand's dead by the way, I should say Tyler. <laughs> that, that cut deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just basically dig up our ancestors, put them in nice clothes. And w- Oh, you'd fuck about. See those big rabbit costumes you get, like the, 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 the bear <laughs> mascot like costumes. And then just walk about. Who's that? Oh, it's so and so. That's your Annie Mabel. Stress them in a sheet. I don't have an Annie Mabel, so that one didn't cut quite as deep. <laughs> but yeah, that was quite interesting. So next week I'll tell you about the the creepy story about the, the student submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society yeah. call this the tale of the girl in the well. The student that was found in a water well. Some might know the story. Yeah, I can't remember her name. Yeah, we'll get to it. And we'll post the video. So yeah, check us out on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Twitter at Scott and Liam Versus. You can get us on Facebook, so give the page a like, uh, forward slash Scott and Liam Versus Evil. And you can get us, uh, send us a, a, an old school email. Old school, innit? That's how long right. email's been about, man. You can send us a letter if you want as well, but well, I'm trying Fair to address it. Send us letters. Right, send us fan mail. Cool. Do you know, there's so much fan fiction online for Scott and Liam. It's not us, it's uh, for the, there's two characters called Scott and Liam in the uh, Teen Wolf TV show. But uh, the fan from the two characters are, are called Scott and Liam. It's a uh, it's an interesting read. 
Scott masturbates regular <laughs> fan fiction <laughs> about me and himself. It, all the stories uh, involve you desperately wanting to get bummed off me. It's no, um, it's you're you're desperate for my affections as according to other fan fiction. That's not which is uh, how, it's how, it's how real life goes. Uh, uh, hi, uh, send us an email at scottandleamversuseevil at hotmail dot com. Um, it's always uh, the verses is always vs. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter and you're on Facebook too. Go and give the Facebook page a like because the, the Facebook page looks a little sad. Ah, it looks sad and lonely. And chat days on Twitter. We're quite funny. We're quite witty sometimes. We're fucking hilarious. Yeah. If you enjoyed any of the episodes, if you enjoyed last week's, last week's went down a treat with lots of retweets from Michael Smiley, Steve yeah. Orom, Mayanna Buring. Yeah. Buring. I knew I couldn't pronounce her name. You gave it a go. Yeah. Uh, you tried, that was the main thing. But yeah, it went quite well, so hopefully it keeps. It's on the up and up. It's on the up and up. So... Like my dick. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys.